I am Roshan Callahan from Cogs and Marvel. I'm the CEO of the US entity. And Cogs and Marvel is a creative events and brand activation company. So we do events for large companies and actually any company. And we do brand activations for any type of brand. Hi, this is the second season of Move Your Business to the United States from Mount Bunnell Advisors, who help you expand your business into the US. I'm Naz, or Nastra Antavakolifar, and this season we're going to be speaking to businesses who've made the move to the US. We're going to see what's worked, what hasn't, and how their journey's gone. So we'll be having episodes every two weeks. Mount Bunnell CEO Sebastian Sauborn will also be answering your questions. So send them over to info at mountbunnell.com. Well, the purpose of a party is to have fun together. And a successful party needs planning and skill. Whether it's a special carnival designed for gay entertainment, or a game party in a home, a birthday party, a holiday party, they all take planning, and they should all be fun. Now, if you're a company looking to make it big, you're going to need help with building your brand and with putting on spectacular events, whether to bond your team or for your clients. People often think they can do their own events. Surely all they need is a room and some food, but then they stumble. I've tried it myself and I don't advise it. That's where today's guest comes in. Roshan Callahan is of Cogs and Marvel. Now they're a brand and events company and they started in 2006 in Dublin. They've put on events for a range of companies, including Google and LinkedIn, and now also have an office in San Francisco. We caught up with her about the move. I guess the great thing about working in in events and event management is every day is different. No event is the same. Nobody wants the same thing. Um, Everybody wants something that was better than what other people had. So people go to events all the time. Um, it has to be standout, different, exciting. Um, I guess a lot of our day-to-day is logistics, um, the planning and the um, effort that goes in to making an event wow. Um, uh, again, anyone that's been to an event, it's probably a day long. So if you think for a one-day event, we could spend months planning that. Um And a lot of that is talking to suppliers, dealing with clients, having brainstorms in the office, you know, trying to come up with new, funky, fun, interesting, different things to do that's going to engage the people that are at our events. I can completely see where you're coming from. We have many clients um, who are entrepreneurs who actually dread doing events because it's so much work. Uh, It's a nightmare logistically. Um, It takes so much time. So I can totally see how putting together a good event, it's a huge task and um, a company like yours is so important. Absolutely. I mean, it's it's like everything. If you, you know, if you're building your house, it's much easier to get a builder in to do it, you know, than to start the DIY. Um, it's just time consuming for, for a company if they're starting off and they're trying to, you know, develop their product or promote their business, they don't need to waste time working on an event. And we say that all the time, just let us help you get to that point where you have a wow event rather than you wasting time 
doing it yourself. And when did you start Cogs and Marvel? So myself and my business partner, Jane, set up the company in 2006. Um, And we uh, have gone from strength to strength. Um, It was the two of us for a very long time, um, probably far longer than it should have been. Um, We eventually started hiring people when we realized that A, we couldn't do it ourselves and B, other people were probably integral to, you know, helping us and also you know your team and people you hire do better than you and 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 help and aid to make your company become better so we um uh kept uh hiring and growing the team and um it was 2016 so 10 years later we um decided to explore moving into the US and I wanted to ask a little bit, a bit about that. So why did you do this move? And especially because I'm thinking the sort of work you do is so people-centered. Yeah. So I guess a lot of it is to do with knowing the right people, building up those connections, those relationships and yeah. stuff. Well, I think, um, so when we set up in 2006, we um, actually kind of landed on our feet with our first gig. Our first big event was for Google here in Dublin. Um we uh, did their sales conference. Um, uh, we pitched for it. We were terrified. Um, and we, you know, we'd, we'd, Jane and myself, just to give you a bit of background, actually, um, Jane and myself had worked together and we kind of thought we could do this. We, you know, we can do this better because we're young. Uh, we, we were working for clients who kind of wanted people to be able to understand the new tech that was coming in. And we were kind of with it. So um, and we were excited. We were clearly younger and more enthusiastic and we we thought we can we can do this better than uh, where we are at the moment and make this shine so um we kind of said let's let's just set up on our own so we were very brave and um set up and took a while and then through our our previous contacts we got um the opportunity to pitch for an event for Google um and you know we were absolutely terrified going in um and we knew the people we were pitching to but it just felt different it felt like we had we had a lot to lose this time this was about us this was our company this we really wanted to make this work so we gave it socks and we, you know, um, blew them out of the water. And the event that we were pitching was in Seville in Spain. And we had the most amazing pitch and presentation and it was absolutely fantastic. And we won it and we, and we won it. We got off the phone and we looked at each other and we went, Jesus, now we have to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> so we off we went to, to Spain and we didn't doubt ourselves. You know, we, we knew we could do it. It just suddenly was real. So we went off to Spain and, you know, pulled it out of the bag and it was a spectacular event. So ever since then, we've been really lucky in that we've, we've worked with Google on their big events. And in fact... Um, as they, as we've grown, so have they. So the numbers that we've been dealing with for this, you know, European sales conference has gone from fifteen hundred people to five and a half thousand people. Wow, incredible! Wow. Yeah, yeah. Some very big events, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So you know, we're kind of known for those big events. You know, we can handle mass amounts amounts of numbers, and the events that we did, those events actually were all over Europe. So we had to do everything: charters. Uh, regular flights, hotels, um, 
you know, staffing. Um, so organizing this for everyone everything, attending? Everything. So everyone that was coming was coming from all over Europe and we had to get them there. Um, the the past few events have been in Dublin because the particularly with with, with Google, their headquarters, uh, the European sales headquarters is here. So there's less people involved in the travel, but we're still having to uh, cater for 3,000 people coming into Ireland for it. Um, so we kind of landed on our feet um, with our first Google gig. And, you know, what we do, we do really well. And Can you give some details on that, Rasheen? So when you say the event is really special, I mean, certainly it's not just hiring a, hiring a big conference center and then people giving talks. So what, what makes it special? What's the, what's the USP? What's the, why, why did Google say, wow, this is incredible. We need to do this. Well, I think we're exceptional at, at, at logistics. So, you know, they, they knew they were going to get a uh, top class, you know, logistics and everyone was going to get there and uh, it was going to be very smooth. Um, but I think what made that event and what made it for us was nothing can be ordinary, nothing can be normal. So we had to find a venue that was different and special. And it was just outside Seville, which meant that we had them captured. Um, of course, I can't take the praise for this, but the weather was amazing. So <laughs> that definitely helped. Um, and and I think everyone was just in really good form. Um also, this is an opportunity for them to get together and to be together. And, you know, usually they're on the phone or on calls and, you know, they might work with their teams internationally, but they don't get to see each other very often. So, you know, we'd be very cognizant of the fact that although it's work, you have to have a bit of relaxation as well. Um, we'd have key speakers, um, both internally and externally. And as long as they're engaging you know, it's win-win for everybody. Um, we had, um, you know, uh, acts and entertainment that, you know, is kind of uh, a bit of left of centre, but kind of went along with it. Um, we had the, the in Seville, we had the Gypsy Kings. So that was kind of, wow. you know, fun. <laughs> yeah. Um, so so we're very aware of the, 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 the work that has to be done and yet the social side of it. Um, we did um, a fantastic tapas crawl around the city. We literally took over the centres, Phil, and brought them around um, on a tapas crawl. And we had, you know, little maps and, you know, it's the details and the attention to detail that we are, you know, particularly uh, uh, keen on. Sounds amazing. Yeah, it was good fun, yeah. So tell us a bit about the move to SF. So um, from the fact that we've been um, very lucky in working with Google, um, we've actually been, um, you know, it took us a while to realize that we, we really didn't do much sales. An awful lot of what happened to us was word of mouth. And as in any big company, people move on and move into different companies. So we ended up getting introductions to other big FDI companies um, that were based in Ireland. Um, FDI means what tech? Foreign direct investment. Oh, so foreign direct so okay. a lot of the so a lot of the kind of uh, Irish uh, big US companies right. that were investing in Ireland and setting up in Ireland, um, Facebook, Dropbox, LinkedIn, Airbnb, um, we kind of got these fantastic, you know, soft introductions because the people we had worked with in previous companies had moved there. And I guess also like Dublin is quite small, isn't it? Exactly. Exactly. Oh, you know, crazy. everybody knows everybody or is related to everybody. Um, <laughs> uh, but a lot like I, I just think, we, you know, we were exceptional where we are exceptional what we do. So, you know, word of mouth was 
um, really strong. Um, so we have we had a lot of contacts and we still do within a lot of these organizations. And we we kind of felt that, you know, it was a little bit of Chinese whispers. So, you know, if if there was a conference or something going on, there might be a, internally a theme that had to be developed as part of the conference or the purpose of the meeting, or the conference, the get together, whatever. There was there was a point to it. But we often felt that, you know, it was coming from here um, way up uh, at, at the highest level and filtering down um, to the different departments. And by the time we got that information, it, it was the Chinese whispers, you know, distilled down. And we, we were like, but could you just explain to us what the point of that is? And of course, the people we were dealing with may not know because... They also had heard it from on high. So we just thought it might be nice to get a bit closer to the the center of that or, or information and where it was coming from. Um, and we thought, what better way to do that than to be at the heart of where it's coming from in in uh, Palo Alto or San Francisco. So um, it was kind of a bit of a whim and a bit of a crazy thought. Um, and we said, let's let's see what it's like in San Francisco, you know, where all these big companies are, where, you know, a lot of the people that we meet by the time the conference is actually happening, a dress rehearsal, you know, let's see if we can get closer to them. So we went, I I, I went over to San Francisco um, uh, Jane and I picked straws and uh, I, I got that. I'm not sure if I got the short one or the long one, actually. <laughs> and um, I, I went off on a recce in June to San Francisco to see what it was like and to meet people and, um, you know, contacts that we had there, both, you know, client wise and also just to check out lawyers and accountants and that sort of thing and how easy it was. And I think in in, in hindsight, you know, you have being Irish, you have a lot of Irish contacts and, you know, um, a lot of the people that I met were like, yeah, it'll be fine. Just do it. It's so easy. Just do it. Yeah, no problem. People here were saying that? No, people in America. Okay, the, okay. The, the, the Irish contacts that we had over oh, there. Oh, okay. Um, so uh, I kind of came back and wrote up a, a, a report and, you know, spoke to the team and Jane and and our, our other, uh, our chairman. And it was kind of like, okay, let's do it. So by September... I was there. September of which year as well? That year, so 2006. Hi, you're listening to Move Your Business to the United States with Mount Bonnell Advisors. I'm Naz, I'm here with CEO of Mount Bonnell, Sebastian Sauborn, and we are taking questions all season. So send those to info at mountbonnell.com, that's in the show notes. So we had an email from Phil from Bristol now, he owns a small greetings card company, and he's been telling us that he's been having chats with some of his small to medium-sized business owner friends, and Phil asked the following. He wants to know, hi, what are some good reasons and some bad reasons for wanting to expand your business to the US? I think um, a good reason is definitely that your business is successful already, let's say in the UK, and you're having inquiries from the US. Um, so that shows there's some interest there in the, uh, you know, from the U.S. market. I think these are very good reasons to move to the U.S. So you have a successful business that is doing well. Um, your products are desirable, are wanted by the customer. I don't think there's a reason then why U.S. customers should not be interested in those products. If you have a business that does not work in the U.K., I doubt that it would work in the U.S., 
So I think that's always a good benchmark. Um, do you have a successful business here? Are you getting inquiries from the US to sell your products there? And if yes, then why not consider selling to the US? Sebastian, I'm just wondering, are there certain industries or types of business which might struggle more in the US compared to here in the UK? I think um, service businesses that require um, on-site services are more difficult to expand to the US because you need to hire staff and everything. While a business uh, like Phil's business, for example, who is manufacturing carts, can send those carts to a storage facility in the US easily to start with. With services, um, that's, not so, that's not so easy. So um, I think if you have an online shopping, commerce, business, e-commerce, or selling through Amazon, it's very easy um, to do that. Other businesses will take more time to prepare it. Thanks, Sebastian. And thank you, Phil, for sending in the question. Send us more questions. It's info at mountbernell.com. We've put that in the show notes. And now back to the episode. Well, the party is off to a good start. Guests are on time. Everyone's out to have fun and to help others fun. And when all the guests have arrived and have been introduced, the games begin. Well-planned, well-chosen games. Whenever any of the guests begin to lose interest in a game, the host should start a new game so fun together can continue. What's really interesting about what you guys do is because it's so people-centered, so I'm thinking culture plays a lot of a role. It's different from, say, you create a product, and of course you've got to deal with people, but everything you guys do is about interacting with people. Yeah. So, so what, what were the logistics of that move like? What was it like in a completely different culture yeah. trying to do what you do? Um, I think, you know, uh, we we did a bit of research and background checking and stuff, but I actually think we were we were quite blind going over. Like what we do is 100% service industry. Um, and actually, you know, once we got there, we realized that we were phenomenal at service in comparison to locally. Um you know, we really cared about what we do, care about what we do. And our our staff are really well trained. Um, you know, we have very high standards and we pass that down. Um, and I feel that, you know, where, even, you know, you've all been to restaurants in America. You know, it's very different, the service in restaurants there than here. And it's actually kind of similar in a lot of the service industries. Um, so I think, you know, we go above and beyond and that's something that our clients always say, if there's, if there's a problem, we will not let it go until it's fixed. Um, you know, we just keep smiling. We just get through it. You know, the proverbial duck, you know, lots going on under the water and, and but all calm on the surface. All calm on the surface. And I think, you know, going that extra mile and being charming and nice about it actually has stood, stood us you know all the time um so i think we noticed it very quickly and we wondered if our clients would notice it um you know that really what we did stood out even more once we got to san francisco um and they did they noticed that you know our our service levels were much higher than they had had before and you know that we were really very good at what we do and can you describe an early event you did once you'd set up in the US? <laughs> um, we uh, really hit the ground running. Um, myself and two of the team from here went out in September. And 
I suppose one of the key learnings that I would have, certainly from from the type of business that we do, was that I never looked at the setting up of the company and carrying on with what we do as being two separate things. And we really should have spent more time setting up the company because it was far more time consuming than we had thought. And every time it just felt constantly like one step forward, two steps back, you know, you'd get somewhere and then you'd have to contact somebody else or do something else. So so we had to run an awful lot of what we were doing through the the Irish company because we were too slow getting bank accounts. And, you know, it, 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 it just took a lot more time to set up the company than we had expected. And you've got an eight-hour time difference. So I, I assume yeah. everything is going to roll over several days or something. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I think um, there's, there's far more efficiency in European bureaucracy. Um, than there is in American bureaucracy. I mean, I, I, it's it, everything is time consuming there. But that's also, I think, a bit of an Irish thing. You know, I'm, I'm compared to the UK, I think also in Ireland things um, go much more smoothly. I mean, for example, banks here are much more interested in getting the ball rolling, yeah. getting you set up. Um, I mean, even setting up, talking about bank accounts, for example, in the UK compared to Ireland, it's, it's far more complicated. So I think Ireland. And this is interesting that you said that. I think in terms of B2B, Ireland has a very good service, culture, history and tradition. I mean, yeah. because I think it, it comes a little bit from that from that situation that Ireland is depending on international businesses to invest here. So they want to make it as smoothly as possible. I think a good example is always the pre-clearance in Dublin Airport, yeah. you know. To America, I mean that's incredible. Fantastic, service. you know. I mean that's. Yeah. I mean yeah. you arrive after ten hours and you just walk out of the building. You know, you don't have to go through three hours of immigration. Yeah. I mean, everyone who has done that says, "Wow, it's incredible." Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I can totally agree. I mean, this is. Um, I think um, everything you said about you know the own, the services that you provide and also the the service that you experience in the states, setting everything up is much more difficult. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, and and I think in, in, in like when we set up the company here in Ireland, we went into the bank and they were delighted for us. Yeah. You know, they were fully behind us. Um, you know, they didn't throw money and overdrafts and loans a, a, at us, but they were. You know, this is a great idea. How how can we help you? What can we do? Whereas in America, you're just a number, you know, and you're kind of speaking to people who are following the rule book. You know, they've been given what they have to say and they don't have the autonomy to say, do you know what, I'm going to break from the norm here and I'm going to help you out because I can see clearly you have funds in Ireland, you know, you're well established, etc. It's like, well, no, you're just starting off and you don't have any accounts from previous years because it's your first time in America. So, you know, we're going to have to stop it there. You know, it's it, there's no using your common sense, and I find that was was often the way we met, or or often what we came up against when when setting things up, and that kind of followed through then to why our our why we did so well because it's common sense ninety nine percent of the time, you know, um, and and I think we we took a long time to set things up because of that. Um, and I felt that was what was frustrating. We could have had it done in no time um, because we were efficient, but it was constantly up against brick walls. Mm. So th this is an interesting point, because if you had to give your old self some advice, <laughs> what, what would you say given, given this experience? I, I, I would set things up or certainly have a lot more in place 
probably before going over, you can actually do an awful lot um, in situ here in Europe um, in terms of setting setting things up. Um, what, what are some examples of that? Um, so um, start speaking to the banks, um, you know, uh, speak to the firms that you're going to need, whether that's immigration, lawyers, um, accountancy firms, you know, who are going to help you with your tax returns, that sort of thing. Interview them, you know, actually have interviews with them and, you know, do it on a call and narrow it down and then go and, you know, um, uh, speak to them in person. And, and do more sort of research with companies that have, you know, walked in your your shoes beforehand. So, you know, speak to companies that have been there and done it and get recommendations and why, you know. So if somebody recommends somebody, that might be perfect for them. What what are the similarities that you have with that company that would make you want to use that service or that provider? Um, so I, I took a lot of you know, a lot of recommendations at face value. And once we kind of dug a bit deeper, it suited the other companies more because of the things that they were doing or the the, the sector that they were in um, more than it suited us. But we, because we had hit the ground running, we were kind of committed. So um, we kind of had to work through th- through things and out the other end rather than sort of having started off uh, properly with what we needed for our sector. Um, it was more recommendations from other people and then realizing maybe it wasn't the right fit and we were already in it, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. Mm-hmm. And so this is interesting because was there sort of a community for Irish businesses moving to the US or European businesses moving to the US that you you know, could chat to, could be involved in when you were kind of making this move back then? Well, we're really lucky in Ireland um, with the input that we get from Enterprise Ireland. Um, so, I mean, they, they're based all around the world. So anyone who's thinking of opening an, a business, uh, certainly an Irish company, opening a business outside of Ireland, talk to Enterprise Ireland. They have fantastic people on the ground who have been there for a while and and just know uh, what you're looking for and what you need. Um, so w- we had an amazing contact there, um, Paul, and he literally gave me pages of information. Um, and, you know, uh, things like, you know, lawyers. And, you know, he said to me, um, here's a load of law firms and these are the ones that I would recommend, but you're a much smaller company. You know, you're, you're, you're doing a very different thing. You're female-owned. This is another law firm that's also female owned and I think they'd suit you really well. So he actually was able to see what we would need rather than a big, you know, legal giant of a company. Um, and and they were a match made in heaven. I met a lot of them and, and he was right on the money, you know, after having met them. Um, there was, a, you know, they gave us advice on accountancy firms and... Um, uh, real estate agents, you know, all sorts of things. Um, and then also, you know, IT providers, everything, literally. Um, and he was also able to kind of say, do you know what, company X, Y and Z have used them, talk to them and, and get your own feedback on them. Um, and, and to any Irish company, that's an invaluable service. It's fantastic. Um, and And they've been great, you know, ever since if there's ministers coming over or there's talks or whatever you're included in 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 things that are going on um within the Irish 
sort of diaspora over there then. And and what about peers? Because there's so many day-to-day things that must have been baffling or stressful. Were there sort of, did you have peers where you could kind of give each other advice, maybe just vent about, you know, all all the slowness that you're facing? Absolutely. I think um, I... I didn't have a huge amount of peers from the point of view of business connections going over there initially, but we did decide to open an office in a WeWork space so that we would have lots of other companies and we could, you know, say to them, even things like, you know, where's the nearest dentist? You know, um, does anyone have any recommendations? Um, And and funny, we actually found it... um, not as accessible and we didn't find them as you know sort of open and to sharing as we had hoped um and I think actually it's almost the nature of those we work spaces people come in put their head down and, and leave and and there's a certain type of person that's going to hang out playing snooker and foosball in the common area you know <laughs> someone who's not doing a lot of work exactly yeah <laughs> yeah um so so you know we kind of would get to know the people around us but um it 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 took a bit longer than we thought to kind of break through. Um, and actually we realized, you know, again, uh, we kind of had had fa- gone to a couple of WeWork spaces, but, you know, there's a lot of them in San Francisco. We couldn't look at them all. And we ended up in a very corporate one. Mm-hmm. And we eventually found then once we had grown and we needed to move, we found a much funkier one, you know, far more creative and, you know, um, fun like like us um and that that was far more cohesive to chatting and you know finding out things but that was a year down the line and we'd kind of ticked a lot of boxes at that stage so again um you know another tip would be uh, the 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 work sharing thing is fabulous like it's fantastic it's a really good idea it's month to month you don't have to it's not a big investment they always have spaces you can leave literally at the end of the month um and you can pick and choose the size you want where you want it where you want to be and and you can really get to know the space and kind of think this suits you know the the character of our company you know it's impressive bringing people in here will be great and it's so common like it's 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 a it's a fantastic service um and that was one of the best things we did was the the office sharing um before we uh took the plunge and got our own office the party is going well again have you noticed some of the skills of the guests that help keep the party fun for all Let's look for others. Can you describe what an event, what it's like putting on an event out there compared to here in Europe? What are what are the differences or the different challenges you face? Um, so the 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 first challenge that we faced in terms of getting to there was staff, um, and we kind of felt it was going to be easy to find staff. We, we had initially thought we would move to Palo Alto um, to be where a lot of the companies that we dealt with were. But w- because of the kind of industry we are and, you know, it's that creative, young sort of person that we're looking for, they're not going to be in Palo Alto. So our first major decision where we had to have a complete turnaround was that we decided to base ourselves in San Francisco instead of, you know, down the peninsula. So we um, uh, had to figure out how to hire staff. Um, We met with a couple of recruitment agencies, but they were 
but they they just didn't get the kind of person that we were looking for. It was all very you know, tech, like just constantly tech. Um, so we had to uh, we advertised in you know a couple of um, Irish networking uh, sort of. Um, things and they were they were great we got a lot of Irish people however often they were on J1s um but we felt that the people that we hired were nowhere near the standard of the people that we would get here um so there was a lot of training and a lot of sort of making them realize how we do things and going that extra mile and literally using your common sense you know that it's not all about rules you know use your head um so we had to hire staff in order to put on the events. Um, and we we had the same thing with suppliers. You know, we wanted to do things a little bit different. Nothing to do with health and safety or we weren't asking them to light things on fire. It was just, you know, let, this is how you normally do it. Can we do it a bit differently? And it would always be, you know, a conversation about how they hadn't done it before. Mm. And it was like, well, that's the whole point fantastic that's what we want you know but that's interesting hearing that because I think in Europe we often think of like oh if you've got big ideas you want to break the rules you want to do something disruptive yeah we always look to California so it's interesting that you're you're having a very different experience yeah yeah I think the service industry over there is just a bit slow I think if you get if you can get beyond the sort of um the the foot soldiers you'll you'll get somewhere um but it has to come from the top down so if you're trying to go from the bottom up it's constantly resistance so if you can kind of you know and that's what we realized uh, eventually as well you know we'd be trying to get something done and organized and eventually we'd have to kind of say look you know for the next event let's 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 do site visits and make these like get these relationships really well established with the owners or the founders or you know the the managing directors because they will understand who we are and what we're trying to achieve and can pass that message down Mm -hmm. so we had to spend a lot of time building relationships with suppliers that we would never have to uh, we would never really have done here our relationships with our suppliers here have been fantastically developed over over time because you know we've worked with them for so long and they get us <clears throat> but they got us straight away here mm-hmm. you know um so that that again was a little bit frustrating in terms of you know time wasting mm-hmm. um and and of course unfortunately you'd kind of get so far with the supplier and if if you were getting that resistance and you needed something quickly you'd just move on um and you know there are for every company every every service that you're you're looking for there's 20 other companies doing it um so we really had to spend a lot of time interviewing our suppliers so even though they might have been highly recommended or the clients had used them before you know if there wasn't a relationship there it was quite difficult um so so the suppliers the staff that all took time to develop um and so we actually ended up I had gone over initially with two other girls from here so three of us went over and um we spent a lot of time running things ourselves um because we we had to get it done um and a lot of the events that we did initially were quite small. Um, you know, we had to prove ourselves and the clients that we had here had recommended us. But obviously it's, you know, they want to see how we get on. Um, 
so we did a lot of small things before we did any big events. Um, and the, the, the first big event that we did, so we went over in September and the first big event that we did was in March where we were working on um, a, a big, massive Google event um, called Next. Um, and it was like 10,000 people. Mm. Um, so we literally hit the ground like sprinting. <laughs> Um, and we were we worked on that uh, with many, which which I thought was fantastic. Loads of different um, production companies, so it wasn't just us. We were partnering with other companies, and that was fantastic. Uh, not something that's done as much here, um, because you're kind of well established. You know, we would tend to run the show. But we were partnering with other companies, so we got a bit of insight into how they do things, how, what they're pros and cons were and it was it was actually fascinating um and we could see things that we needed to improve on things that we did better on you know and and the kind of staff that they had where they got their staff you know all those really interesting things from our point of view um so so that collaboration was fantastic for us but isn't it interesting uh, the things that you said like that like at least up to probably maybe 10 or 15 years ago, we always thought of America as the place which is the most advanced, you know, in many ways, even like service culture. We always thought America is the place to look out to. Such a great service culture. They pack your bags in the supermarket, you know. <laughs> But then now you come here and made that experience, an experience I completely share. And that out-of-the-box thinking, I think, is such a big benefit and asset that many European companies have yeah. there. And I think they really need to play to their strength there because this is really um, um, where they can impress, right? How did the clients uh, react to that? I mean, I know you had these great references uh, and um, from from Google here and the other American subsidiaries in Ireland, but I'm sure it was still difficult um, to get, and as you just said, to do big events. I'm sure many clients had doubts in the beginning. So are there these Irish people, you know, I'm not sure, you know... Well, How, how did that work? Well, I think our our work and our reputation spoke for us. So, you know, if we went into pitch, um, you know, they could see the kind of events that we had done. Um, so, you know, that spoke volumes. Um, and, and I think we were passionate about what we do you know we we'd be going in to meet them and they could sense that you know that we love what we do and we're really good at it and you know we're going to make your event amazing um and you know we we got lots of other clients obviously we we didn't just work on the 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 sort of word of mouth once we got there um And and actually, when when we got there, I found people were fantastic. And if you wanted to meet them to talk to them about something, they would do it no problem. So you could get in front of them and have a coffee, no problem whatsoever. You know, if it was a potential client, you had to know what you wanted to ask them and have it down pat and don't mess it up. You had one opportunity. If it was anybody just to get a bit of advice, they're happy 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 to talk to you and they're delighted to help you succeed but they're not going to recommend you they're not going to put you forward until they know that they can rely on you um so we really had to prove ourselves to make them realize that you know if they were to talk about us we wouldn't let them down um and we have one amazing american client now um for a, a, a different tech company 
And she talks about us to everybody because we did a big event for her and we made her look amazing. And, you know, we she was under pressure. She needed a team. I met her. We had a great relationship and we made her look so good. She has recommended us to loads of people. But I had known her for a year or a year and a half, maybe before we did anything. And she wouldn't she did lots of things and she knew people that needed help but she did not recommend us until she knew she could rely on us so i think once they have faith in you they will back you 100% um but you have to prove yourself um and i think you know just a little things that we would have done you know we would constantly be in touch with them and be in contact with them but not annoy them you know and i found that you know often there was constantly emails coming through or newsletters or gifts from clients and I just talking to people it just annoyed them a little bit you know so in actual fact we kind of just did things that were relationship building you know let's go for a drink or you know let's have and you know because we had that Irish reputation it, they obviously presumed it was always going to be great fun. St. Patrick's <laughs> Day right? Yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah and we had we actually had a, a St. Patrick's Day party in the WeWork space you know just to kind of let everyone know that who we were and what we did and it was there was always something on in the communal area um, but everybody said that it was the busiest and the most fun that they'd ever experienced you know we had some Irish dancing and we had a keg and we had you know I made Irish coffees and of course you know it was a lot of it was the banter and the chat and the genuine you know warmth that Irish people have that's what they loved you know well they said that I reckon it was probably alcohol as well <laughs> but I always find St Patrick's Day is such a big deal there because yeah. I've been in the US during St Patrick's Day and it's like whoa what is going on yeah, it's like yeah, yeah. a huge thing it wasn't as exciting in San Francisco as I'd hoped it was it was a bit flat you know uh, it, it was still lots of small little floats and things all advertising whatever Irish thing that they had or did um, as opposed to the razzmatazz of Chicago or New York mm-hmm. um, but still like they closed the streets and you know they marched on through and you know little old Irish floats taking over San Francisco is still relevant and important, isn't it? You know, so, uh, yeah, yeah, you can't escape St. Patrick's Day. So this point is interesting because Ireland and the US have had quite a quite an interesting relationship. So I wanted to know a little bit about that. You guys going over as an Irish company, were there sort of um, were there sort of expectations they had of you guys, good or bad, to do with sort of, you know, this legacy and this history? I think um, there's so many Irish people in Silicon Valley now and so many really high level Irish people over there um, that, you know, our reputation definitely precedes us in terms of the fun and the St. Patrick's Day. But also there's that high end work level is there as well. Um, and, And a lot of the very senior people that we met have amazing reputations, you know, of being really fantastic workers hard workers um but very fair and and nice as well senior irish people yeah senior irish Mm -hmm. people within lots of different organizations and you know lots of irish people that have founded big companies um and and very often you know as as is you know sort of common with irish people as well very humble you know despite the fact that they're you know these behemoths in business they're still very normal humble people um so I think a lot of the people that we would have interacted with 
would have had an awful lot of um, uh, contact uh, with Irish people prior to us. So I feel that they probably would have known that the same work ethos was within us as they would have been common with from um, working with Irish people previously. You've kind of already answered this, but I'm going to kind of ask it again. Um, If you had to give advice to a company who are thinking of moving to the US, especially to to San Francisco, what what would what would be the main advice, main do's and don'ts? The main points for me would be to make sure that San Francisco is definitely where you want to be, um, and to do research on what it is that you're selling and why, um, and who you're going to sell to. Definitely do some you know competitor checking, and figure out what they're good at and what they're not good at. Um, I, I also think don't doubt yourself. You know, if you're if you're if you've got it here, there's no reason why you can't have it there. Um, and it's not some, you know, alien place. You know, it, it's it's just as it's just you can be just as successful there as you have been here. Don't treat it as this really far out weird place that you have to kind of, you know, like drill through and crack it's not like that um there it's hard work in setting it up and getting established and you know knocking on doors but there are networks and there are organizations to help you with that so use them and the americans in general and certainly in san francisco are really really good at networking like they love it they are happy to do it um, and, you know, they they really want to help you. Um, so they are happy to give you advice. So don't feel bad about asking. Just pick the brains of everyone that you can um, and spend a bit of time figuring out what um, services you are going to need as a business to help you to succeed and do good research on those. Um, but one thing that I have to say is San Francisco, the energy in San Francisco is unbelievable. And, you know, if, if you you just sense it, you know, that 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 willingness to succeed is in the air. Um, and I know it sounds really corny and strange, but it's it's really true. Everyone you meet is a founder or is setting up a business or, you know, wants to be the next big thing. Um, and the determination of the people you, it's palpable, like you can sense it, you know, um, and people just work really hard and they play hard. You know, a lot of stuff happens on the way to the gym, uh, in the gym. Um, and uh, a lot of stuff happens early, early in the morning and early in the evening. Like work is from six to six and then it's shut down and people don't work late. They're home with their families. And that's really, really really important because you tend to think that, you know, because you're on a different time zone and there's eight hours difference, you'll be awake anyway because you're contacting Ireland. But things shut down and you just don't, If you even if you're going for a drink after work, it's from five to six. Mm-hmm. You're not going to be dragging it on. But that that energy is is there. And I think, you know, as soon as you get over there and you start meeting people and you feel it, it's not just you being buoyed by it. It, it, it actually will carry on. You know, it's not just something where you're kind of enthusiastic when you get over there and you've met people and you're, oh my God, this could be really amazing. It actually is like that. Now, let's think back. 
What made this party such a good one? What do we want to do next time? If you are going to give a party, plan that party around a purpose. Choose your guests carefully. Plan invitations, plan for refreshments and entertainment. Then, practice to be a skillful host. Make sure the party is fun for everyone. How can people find out more about what you guys do? Sure, yeah. Um, they can um, go onto our website, um, cogsmarvel.com, um, and there our emails are there. Um, I won't spell out my name. Um, so they can they can reach out to us, and you know we'd be thrilled to chat to them about uh, our experiences and how we got there, and and of course help them with any events they might have. Awesome, cool. Thank you. Sounds great. This is Move Your Business to the United States from Mount Bonnell Advisors. I'm Nastjan Tavakoli-Farr and you just heard Roshan Callahan of Cogs and Marvel. Do check them out at cogsandmarvel.com and we've put more details in the show notes. Our sound engineer is Emma Glynn and our podcast manager is Novena Paunovic. We've used some samples from the Prelinger archives. We've got some great educational films and home movies from the US. We'll be back in two weeks with more from another company who've made the move. Send us questions you want answered to info at mountbonnell.com. That's M-T-B-O-N-N-E-L-L.com or see the show notes. Okay, we'll speak to you again in two weeks' time.